In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. Tonight I have three people in the studio with me. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hello. And I have with me Gary the Stud. That'd be me. And I am Bob Chrisman, your host. I can't believe we're recording again. We are COVID free. Well, I can't guarantee yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're recording Nobody's been COVID. tested here, but we assume we're all COVID free Ooh. because nobody has the symptoms. You know, I haven't turned into a zombie yet. I have not tried to rip anybody's arm. Oh, wait, that's not COVID, is it? <laughs> <sighs> I can't believe it's been... We haven't recorded, guys. I, I was looking at this the other day. In two and a half months. That is incredible. Uh, no podcast should have to take this kind of time off, and well, we had to, so... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I got I got locked down in my country. Well, that's, my country. we got locked down here, too. I, I feel your pain, Gary. <laughs> we got to a point where it was kind of like nobody could record a podcast, except for some reason they were able to do it down in, in Red Bank, New Jersey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, freaking Jersey, <laughs> freaking Jersey. So uh, we have some things we want to talk about with you tonight. We're, we're going to go over them in succinct order. We're going to talk about the newest drama in the five hundred first. That's right. I'm going to hit up on something that happened about a month ago now, uh, but I still think it's kind of fresh in everybody's minds. Um, and then we're going to talk about the news of the release of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And also the latest things that have uh, surrounded Josh Whedon and his version of Justice League and the information that has come out about that. And after that, we're going to, after the break, discuss the next episode of Star Wars The Mandalorian, because we got a lot of catching up to do there, uh, episode 6 of The Mandalorian. Okay, so let's talk about the first one. I'm, I'm going to read a little thing here. I really don't like reading a lot in this, this podcast. I try not to do it, but this is something from Reddit. That really kind of, I guess, sums up the issues of the 501st that have been going on lately. I don't know how else to describe it. There has been drama at the 501st. And yes, I'm a member. 
I might not be after this. I don't know. We'll find out. But I have some things to say about this. I think Gary might have some things to say about this. Austin may have some things to say, too. <laughs> might not have but, a lot. The, but, only, the only thing I can say about it right now is I'm glad I got out when I did. I, well, I'll tell you what. I, there are some serious considerations for myself for getting out. I haven't, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Okay, so here's the quote from Reddit, and, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of what happened. So here's what the quote says. For the past year and a half, there had been a movement inside the 501st Legion to attack and harass the Midwest Garrison, the Chicago group, over issues over the Star Wars Celebration Chicago event. This group has attacked the Chicago folks, accusing them of stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars, while the Chicago folks have responded that because of one of the previous heads of the 501st and the actions of him removing their non-profit tax ID from some of the celebration events, the Chicago group has owed thousands for some of the 501st events at Celebration Chicago. During one of the latest hunts by this group, known as Project Mayhem, started to make demands that the head of the 501st, Don Bright, who is known for doing a lot of work on the Kylo Ren costume, go after the Chicago folks. During his fight, Don brought up that the UK garrison, PM as multiple UKG members, appeared to have some very funny financial stuff going on, using a data scrapping app that reported that the UKG had over $4 million in their banking account. She also leaked a video of UKG members talking about this charity slush fund account. A huge argument ensued over her bringing this stuff to light. Flash forward to May, and into early June, the UKG pushes for a harassment charge against Dawn, claiming that her questioning the financial stuff involving the $4 million was her attacking individual members. There's a private hearing, many of the images are screen grabs from the private threads, and she is found guilty of a minor offense per the 501st Charter. They then decide to suspend her and remove her from office. All this was done without the general membership's knowledge. Membership woke up on Sunday to find out that their elected leader was now banned from the site and stripped of her title. Keep in mind, Project Mayhem has gone against multiple members over the past year, often with ties to the Chicago group or individuals that have spoken out against their abuse of power, bullying, harassment, and fear tactics. Um, and I do want to say that earlier in this whole Reddit article, and I will post a link to this uh, later on, um, they talk about the the unofficial group of the 501st members being referred to as Project Mayhem is not something that we are familiar with, but its existence this is entirely plausible, but unverified. Um, I want to be clear. You can't run around claiming that this group is unverified. Uh, nobody can, because it's verified. Just, there's <laughs> there, well, I'll go one step further. It's verified that there was a Facebook group, so that exists. Now, whether it exists anymore, I don't know. It's a possibility it doesn't. I'm sure somebody ran for the hills and probably deleted the whole group. I would hope by now they have, if they're smart. I will also say that there's verification this group exists because they made their own patches, their own challenge coins, uh, and kind of made fun of the fact that everybody was trying to figure out who was in Project Mayhem. And I know a list got unofficially released as to who was in that, and I am not going to out names, but some names came out, and I was kind of shocked at some of the names of the people that were supposedly in the Five so First project. Of names, but nobody else besides Five First members know. Well, I think it's out there pretty public at this point. Okay, you might be able to find it if you really dig okay. deep. Gary, your your thoughts in this, and I'll, I'll get I'll get to my thoughts in a minute. I've got a lot of things to say about this, but I don't want to I don't want to take over some other people's thoughts in this because mine are very specific to me. 
So, Gary, what, what are your thoughts about Project Mayhem, the $4 million the UKG may have actually fundraised and not told the 501st about? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, when I first heard about the $4 million, I was thinking that um, they were not... They're raising the money for Make-A-Wish or whatever charities that they were look, working for at the time, mm-hmm. and that turning all of it over to them. Yep. And I still believe that. And then I later found out that they were charging uh, the members to pay the play deal. If you want to go to this convention and be a, a 501st member, you had to pay. Yeah, XYZ dollars into right. the pot towards it. Which that money should probably go into the $4 million too. And it, it, bottom line, it, goes, it gets right down to favoritism and elitism. If your costume looks the best out of 20 people, then you're the one that's going to get chosen to go to uh, Harrison Ford's panel or whatever. You know, that, that's my opinion. Austin, what do you think about, about this idea or, or what might be going on here? Uh, I actually have no idea. And the, the politics stuff is not stuff I like to dabble in. It's more of I, I show up for the event, I costume and kind of follow the, the program. I'm not... Well, and you're not an official 501st no, member. Not, the only group you're not, officially part I'm, of is the Mandalorian I Mercs. I'm a Merc member mostly, and even then, Mercs are kind of... We kind of take a chill pill on that kind of stuff. We are not as serious. Uh, as I disagree with uh, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree with uh, too. You don't like to get into that stuff in the Mercs, but it exists uh, there too, trust me. Uh, uh, I find it stupid. <laughs> the thing with the Mercs is you're more of your own character. Right. So you can come as Flaming Mantle 14. Hey. <laughs> All right. Version 14. You can be for, version 14. I'm, I'm, it'd be, it'd be I think we are around version 14 for me, actually. You know, it, <laughs> it's okay. And I'm not that flaming. Um, <laughs> That's all. But if you're going to be jingle fat... You, you've got some standards to hold. hold. Exactly. But, and, here, here, and, but here's the thing. I was a snow trooper in the 501st. I couldn't join the Blizzard Force because I didn't have the uh, thermal yep, detonator the, in the back. Yeah. And not all of them had it on the back. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, that was because your particular GML wanted it on there, although, you know, other ones didn't care, correct? Like, that was the way that worked? My GML at the time, he didn't care if he had it on or not. Okay. Because he saw the, the different screen, right. screen footages of some of them had it, others Some of them didn't. didn't, right. Just like the Stormtroopers. Some of them had it, some of them did it. But in order to join the Blizzard Force, the person that was in charge of the Blizzard Force said you had to have it. You look confused. What's the GML? Is that like the approval agency for Mercs where they like yeah. look at the guy? Okay. I wanted to assume that, but I didn't want to take... Yeah, that's the, are bad. it's Garrison something liaison, and I can't remember... Uh, Garrison, what, Garrison membership liaison. Thank you. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of uh, uh, acronyms. If acronyms. There's a word yes. for it. There's an acronym for it. I'm, I'm following. Exactly. I'm just trying to make sure I understand the acronym. So, so I was allowed to be a 501st member. I just wasn't allowed to be part of the Blizzard Force. And I, I get that. There, there. I know of other people who have not been allowed to do that. I, I gotta say, I, <laughs> of all the groups I belong to, other than the Mercs that are semi-chill, although there's still a lot of politics there. I, I think there is. The one group that I've been a part of and and I, I 
I feel as though the politics really have kind of stayed out of it. it the Jolly Roger Squadron, I got to give some props to the group because even with all the 501st stuff that's been going on, we have steered far clear of a lot of it because a lot of us agree that it's not our place to be stepping into the larger picture. We wanted the Jolly Roger Squadron to be its own thing and worry about its own thing. And, and um, not to say that we didn't have an opinion on it. It's just I think they've done a good job of trying to navigate through it, which has not been easy. Um I gotta say, as a member of the 501st, I did not like waking up one morning and being like, oh, by the way, <laughs> your Legion Command Officer, she gone. You know, without any sort she of added. input from me, without any sort of explanation, it literally was just an email. Hey, by the way, your LCO's gone, and um, we need you to go to the boards and vote on this new person who, by the way, is the second in command, but they're getting removed because this person's getting shifted, and all these weird things were going on without any sort of explanation. Essentially no representation. And, and I'm kind of glad that there were some people that kind of said, wait a minute, pump the brakes, what's going on? Uh, that can't just, like, outright happen. There's got to be some sort of explanation. What I really, I personally am upset about was the way they handled people that questioned their authority. So, like, who are you to remove this person? And if you questioned them, then all of a sudden you were a problem and they would attack you and you were an issue. Um, I'll admit, I never asked, like, why. I should. I felt like I should have asked more. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. I wanted to see how it played out a little bit more. Um, I'm not happy with how it played out. I really am not. I, I, I don't think... I don't think they did it right. I really don't. Um, and I, I, you know, Gary and I were talking earlier this evening. He asked me, do I think the 501st will exist in a year? And I think I told him no. Um, and the reason I say I don't think it'll exist in a year, uh, I think one of, one of two things is going to have to happen. Uh, either it'll eat itself alive, meaning that all of this will just continue to fester. Because i got to be honest, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, if you hear anything different, I don't think they've dealt with Project Mayhem at all. I still think the group exists somewhere within the 501st, even though they know who the members are. Right. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they did or not. I, don't I, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm sure I could go on the boards and, like, research more, but I'm pretty sure that no, there hasn't been any sort of repercussions for the people who were involved in it. That has me concerned. Uh, and, and more importantly, I because they haven't dealt with it, it's it's this cancer that's still sitting inside this group that, that is there, and it's, like, going to chew it alive. So I think one of two things has to happen. Either the 501st has to break up into smaller groups, which I could see happening. I could totally see, you know, you have a TK group and you have Jolly Roger Squadron and you have the Snow Trooper group and uh, Force Awakens group or whatever. And I could see them never, ever coming back together as a whole unit, but separate entities. It would almost be like in the Mandalorian Mercs, all the clans becoming their own entity and the overarching mercs not actually overseeing it. Um, I, I think their two options right now are break into these smaller groups that are more manageable or watch the whole system eat itself alive. What about option three? Disney comes in and puts a kaiba, um, drops the hammer, says you can't be in a cosmic group no more because we can't trust you. They could. I, I don't know. I, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Gary? I Personally, I don't think Disney would. I'll explain why in a minute. What What do you think, Gary? Well, I, I feel that Disney's already done it. 
be truthful with you. Because you got to be a certain height, weight for the parade and stuff. For their sanctioned right. events, yeah. Yeah, um, he's talking about Star Wars weekends and stuff. They okay. they have okay. criterion for that. I don't think Disney will outright dis- disband the 501st. And the reason I say that is it would become their worst nightmare as far as policing. Because let's say you ban the the 501st and you say, that's it, nobody can costume as these characters ever again. We have the rights to them, blah, blah, blah. What happens if somebody shows up? You like it or not, there's now thousands of pirated costumes out there, and how do you police that? You can't. There's no way. You know, suddenly overnight my my tie pilot becomes illegal to wear. I it doesn't mean I'm gonna get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not well, I'm not, you know, you can't make me get rid of it, so it's gonna turn into a, a deadly combat issue. Well, I'm just saying how do you police it? Well, it, it'd be easy because there wouldn't be any uh, 501st tables, uh, merch tables, no... Uh, You're right, but what I'm saying is... But if you want to costume like uh, like, like the Marvel superheroes, right? If, if you right. want to do that, you go right ahead, but you just ain't going to have any backing from... Right, well, that's what I'm saying. The LFL backing would disappear. Uh, what go- I do see is people going into costume contests more with these costumes, and they would win. Not necessarily. Being realistic, I'm just saying. Not necessarily. I mean, you don't think so? I lose to an Ewok. I don't um, want to talk about it. <laughs> What, 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 what I think you'd, you'd miss out on is the experience of being with the celebrities like we I agree. with. I agree, yeah. Um, uh, well, well, look what happened with Ray Park a couple years ago. Yep. I, well, yeah, I mean, that's. I still think that's an example of the cancer that's permeating inside right. this group. There is a group of people inside the 501st who have put themselves on a pedestal, think they are better than everybody else, believe that everybody should be kowtowing to them, and if you don't come to their level, like, if you don't, like, oh, my gosh, you are amazing, I love you, then they're going to come at you. Right. Um, what was the Ray not thing? that I've ever dealt with somebody on a personal level that's exactly the same way. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those who know that little uh, ish know exactly what I'm talking about, and I've dealt with it, and I know what it's like, and it's not a fun experience. Right, and that's what I was trying to explain to, to Austin was um, if... Gearson Excelsior has a Vader that is the the go-to Vader, mm-hmm. and he comes to Binghamton to be Vader. But there's another guy that wants to be Vader in Binghamton like already. Jeff, let's just say because Jeff did our Vader for the longest while. Let's not use names. Um, Sorry. He, you just p- piss somebody off because you can't be your you you worked hours on your your Vader costume. And you can't wear it at the, at the thing at all because this guy out of town comes in as Vader. And he's official, and maybe you're missing one Greebly to make yourself official. No, they're both they're both official. Okay. But because he's the one but who's because more he's, favored. He's, he's the one that's favored in the... In oh, I get what you're saying. Because he knows somebody that knows somebody, then, right. then he gets... Yeah. Right. And that's the other thing that's been happening in the 501st, and I don't care what anybody says. I've seen it myself. I have You too. can't tell me it's not happening. It is not about your costume. It's about who you know. So if you know somebody that you know somebody that you know somebody, your costume's amazing. If you don't know these people, if you're not on that in group, then your costume's total crap as far as they're concerned. Whether it's good or not, doesn't. it's irrelevant. As far as they're concerned, your costume doesn't come up to snuff. It's elitist stuff. So some people can get away with having costumes that are okay, but other people have to bring their costumes completely up to their standards and above before they'll be considered for anything. Right. It, it's like, I, I, I like using this analogy all the time. Stormtrooper armor should have garbage bags on it. Right. 
I mean, they're going to be screen accurate anyway. Because so, so every 501st Stormtrooper should have garbage bags attached to them. For the black. You didn't know this? No. Okay, so we're going to school you on A New Hope. I'm a freaking dummy. So in the, in the movie, if you pay <laughs> really attention to... No, just listen a minute. If you pay really close attention in A New Hope, especially in the, um, in the detention cell scene... Uh, all the the armor, the stormtrooper armor that Luke wears, Han wears, the stormtroopers themselves wear, they've got black plastic bags underneath the plastic if you look really close at the edges. And the reason they did that is, first off, anybody who's gotten in stormtrooper armor can tell you it takes, you know, 45 minutes to get into your armor because there's just so many little pieces that have to go on here and there and everywhere. What they did with all their armor on set was they put it all on uh, black trash, plastic, plastic bags and they would just kind of step into the bag and put the armor on as one big solid piece. And then they would, like, Velcro in certain spots and put the armor on that way instead of each individual piece. It made getting into an art of the, out of the armor very quick on the set feasible and possible. Which means you could have faster time on the set getting Correct. the machine shot and getting out. And Correct. So, uh, technically, all of the Stormtrooper armor had plastic bags... Uh, I don't know what it, were they glued on. I'm glue, assuming they're glued on, right, Gary? I mean, I, th- I think they were. I think they were glued on. You know that they might have even been riveted on, <laughs> uh, so that they could get in and out of the armor quickly. So the entire five of first that are recommending you use leather or pleather are inaccurate. Well, they never they don't ever use leather, but there's like a certain way it's supposed to look. Yes, I mean technically, if you're going to talk about because they always brag about their screen, screen accurate yes. costumes. Well, technically screen accurate in this case would mean trash bags are underneath your Stormtrooper costume. Well, so I don't think that would look professional or real up close. Uh, nah, and even the five-foot rule would be pretty kind of obvious. he got a trash bag on, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I Personally, I am upset about the whole thing. The way it went down, uncool. The fact that I kind of feel like, and here we are, beginning of July, and I still kind of feel like it's out in limbo. It really hasn't been dealt with much, at least not publicly. It might have been done on the boards in the forum, and i got to be honest with you, I don't go on the forums all that much. I gotta, I'll gotta. i tell you, I bet 90% of the 501st does not go on that forum all that much. I don't go on the forums Sorry, all that it's much. just the truth. And I'm sorry, I Mercs, can't. same thing. <laughs> 90% of the people don't go on the Mercs forum either. It's, it's just the truth anymore. And I'll tell you why. These forums, which started off manageable and readable and doable and navigatable, are now massive, massive bodies of work, and you can't navigate through all the crazy stuff that's going on in these forums. It's it, confusing. It, and I think the reason why is because everything went the easy way. Right. Facebook, Instagram. Yep. If it's Snapchat, not a picture... Yeah. If it's not a picture, then I'm not interested. Is the way a lot of people have have handled it. So it's you know, I, I didn't grow up in the uh, the age of computers where you guys had those um, the computer style that's exactly for the Mercs. I don't. You talking about bulletin board systems? Thank you, because I never I couldn't remember the word. All text based internet, baby. Yes, and you could do, even do like SQL and colon dot slash. The best thing you could do that's for a, pictures was sixteen bit characters. Yep. I get that, but I'm not used to that. I'm used to Facebook. So for and, new and, members... And, and, and it took three and a half hours to load. <laughs> yes. Yeah, usually you'd turn your internet on, you go take a shower, maybe get some breakfast, and come back and it'd be up. Yeah. Okay. And that's your first bulletin board system, yeah. I, I, get, I get that, but I never grew up with bulletin board systems. They were like a thing of the past when I was in college. We had 
when we were doing things for like student showcases, scheduling times, we were doing it through a Facebook page. We were doing it in class on an online website. Like here, go ahead and type your time slot. And I, stuff. I will say this, Gary. Back me. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I do not think the 501st, the Rebel Legion, the Mano Mercs, R2D2 Builders Club. Yeah, I'm gonna get all of them in this one. Saber Guild have done a good job of keeping up with the technology. I don't think they have. I'm sorry. They they uh, out of all the ones you mentioned, I think the R2D2 Builders Club hit probably yeah. the best one. Right. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they're all right now. I'm pretty sure even the R2D2 Builders Club. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are all forum based at this point? That's like I, and Austin brings up a valid point. It's old school. It's old Your school new at this members point. Members are completely lost. I open up the boards and I have no idea where to go unless Dad is right behind me to like. Go click that one. Do that. Now click there. Okay. Right, scroll through this feed. Okay. Then you bring in your your new fancy gizmo thing there, and I'm completely lost on that whole thing. Right. And what I'm saying is, the groups right. have to learn how to navigate both. Right. Like you have to be able to manage both in a, in an equitable way. I don't think any of the groups are doing that well. And I'm just being the, honest. I really just don't. The, I, they don't do it well. The, the last last three months, I've had to run uh, Zoom meetings. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that's a challenge to learn. <laughs> I had to run the Zoom meetings. How computer illiterate am I? Not very. Exactly. <laughs> I know for a fact... Well, Gary, I'm impressed. If you ran a Zoom meeting, I'm impressed. I was going to say... I ran three of them. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Um, I'm very impressed. I know that you had issues running Zoom meetings with your band students and wanted to reach the what screen. I, well, no, okay. <laughs> but my issues in my Zoom meetings had nothing to do with the technology. I, I had no problem with the technology. This I caught true. on pretty quick to all that. It was more of the, you know, how do you teach a band kid how to hold a saxophone through a computer screen? You just, you know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> how to drum with people. Being able to people see. don't understand the complications. You know, they're like, oh, teaching has got to be really easy through a computer. No. <laughs> no. Especially when you have a, a subject like mine, like music, that's all like hands on. Here's how you do it. Okay. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, you I, can't I, do that through a computer uh, I'm screen. I'm sorry. I did five Zoom meetings. Five Zoom meetings. Okay. okay. I could I can show you some nuances later if you want to know. I don't I don't need no way of it no more because I'm back to in person. Oh, you're back to in person meetings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so that was our first subject. Let's talk about our second <laughs> subject. We just spent 20 minutes on our first subject. I want to put that up. Uh, I, I think we were very passionate about that. That might oh, be yeah. why. That, that that is definitely a passionate subject. So our second subject, the <laughs> it's come out that Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League is going to be released. That's right, you're hearing me correctly. You are now going to hear the unreleased, or watch the unreleased cut of the Justice League, and it's Zack Snyder's vision of... It's going to be popping up on HBO Max. On HBO Max. Not that I want to promote HBO Max, but yes, it's going to be on HBO Max. You guys will be watching it before I will. (laughs) Why do you say that? Uh, I don't get HBO Max. Neither do we. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to go on the internet and bit ter- terrorize it or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what this okay. bit terrorizing thing is that you're talking about. I don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, okay. The, the stuff I hear about bit terrorizing. Right? Okay, okay. All right, um, right. The mysterious illusion. You know, I, I don't know. And the question is, do I really want to have to sit through two hours of another movie that I've already seen? But, uh, hang on, you haven't really seen this movie, though. This is Zack Snyder cut. Now, I'm hearing it's much better. I mean, as far as, like, the storyline makes much more sense, I, I from what I'm gathering, it is going to make 
um, all the characters make much more sense. Supposedly, the Flash will get a proper introduction. You will get a proper introduction to Cyborg, so my wife won't be sitting there going, Who's that? Uh, <laughs> so you'll get some proper introductions to characters right. and no but, assumptions made. I don't know. Do you... You don't... You're not really all that keen on watching the, the Zack Snyder cut. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Okay. I, I, mean, I, I just don't know. I... I... Was see, uh, how, how can you improve on crap? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Ouch, Gary's just I laying it right Gary out there. I just gave the original Justice League a one, and I, this one maybe I don't think we need to review this movie with Gary, and he hasn't even watched it yet. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Gary. It's kind of hard for... It, 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 DC's it, like, hey, we're going to come out with the director's cut of one of our movies. And I know what Gary's saying. I get what he's saying. Like, really? Because Marvel movies are better, and a director's cut of that is better than your worst movie. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right, like that's. I get what you're saying. Like I, I, I'm to the point now. I can't even watch the Marvel movies again. No, I agree with you. The second time. I, 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 with, I, the, I, with the newest one. Well, my problem is, is yes, and I, uh, Endgame ruined everything before it. Right, like. Am I wrong about that? Like to me, I I don't see Endgame ruining it. Well, I mean, it's like it's like watching the end of the story, and the rest of the story now doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you've seen the end, you know where they end up, and you're kind of like, oh well, well, there it is. <laughs> you know, like I I, I guess I, 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 I do enjoy it. I guess this is. Oh, I know you enjoy it. You play it on Disney Plus every five seconds. No, I don't actually. I'll, I'll probably hear flack on this one. Maybe if they just stayed. Not connected to one another, they might be been good movies. You mean the DC movies? No, the Marvel, the Marvel movies. movies. Okay, uh, all right. Because like like, like I said, I, I'm I go back to watch Winter Soldier. Yeah, I can watch that one only for the fact that it reminds me of a seventies uh, military uh, espionage okay. movie. Yep, you know, like uh, all the President's Men type thing. Yeah. Um, like, I can watch Captain America First Avenger just because... It's World War Two. It's pretty well set apart from everything else, right? Like, it doesn't re it doesn't require too much of the other movies. Get what I'm saying? Other than the very end. And, and the very end, you can just kind of write off. You know what I mean? I'm the weirdo who sees that. Yeah, and, and, and then, you, then you bring Thor Ragnarok or whatever, and they have the, the Tesseract in it. Right. And it's like, how did they get it? Right. Um, I... So you're missing part of the story. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. Because they're so interconnected, you have to like watch them all. Yeah. But then the problem is, if you know what the interconnection already is, then it makes the current... You know, like when you go back and watch them a second time, you're kind of like, all right, I already know that. You know what I mean? Yes. It like ruins the fun. Well, you know? I, I, I guess what they should have done is uh, when they established that they're going to connect everything together. Yeah. Um, they should have brought them out in the order that it should have been in. Yeah, I get it. All right. Put it in timeline order the way it should have been. Right. I get it. Because you watch Iron Man, it has nothing to do with this. Right. It has everything to do with this other thing, though, but it doesn't have that in it and stuff like that. So I can't sit there and just watch one movie at a time. It's what's driving me crazy about Star Trek. I, 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 for people who've been following me, I'm watching all the Star Trek in timeline order, which, by the way, is not an easy task, okay? I, I, I need someone to come up with the order for the Marvel movies to, to sit there and watch it all. Oh, I got that for you. Say, explain to us. Isn't it Incredible Hulk, then it goes Iron Man 1 I, I, 2? I, that could be. be. Oh, I got well, that for please. you. I'll, I'll send it to you, Gary. There but, is a way to do it. 
But yeah, uh, like you're saying, yeah, you see the end, and why you watch? Why you want to go back and watch the other ones? So right, but right. At the same time, if they were done good, let me ask you this: This is the flack I'm getting. If they were Do done think, good, you could watch them no matter. Do you think DC would be better off if they just didn't interconnect their movies at all? Just let them all play it, out. It sounds like that's what they're going for. What what they right need, now they are okay. Yes. What they needed to do is establish the character with his own movie. Okay. And I've and I've been saying this about the the, the Marvel movies right along. If you want to connect them early on, have a news footage in the background of the Hulk rampaging New York. You know, like a like a, a news like CNN pops up on the on the big screen in the diner or something. Yeah. And, and they and they have that going through there. Um, or have uh, Iron Man fly through the back of Spider-Man, you know, in the background of right, Spider-Man like, or something. Right, like have an interconnection, but not one that's so obvious that you need it in order to understand what's going on. Right. I get it. And I think DC needed, needed, needs to do it that way, too. Yeah. All right. Even if it's just a, 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 news, you know, a newspaper. Even if it were just like the latest Shazam movie to have Superman go flying by. At some point, you know what I mean? Just yeah. something that, like that. We like, had cut at the end where we had Superman walk into the cafeteria of Shazam. That, like... Well, you assume it's Superman. You see the red boots and the blue tights. Come on. You assume it's Superman. It's actually Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits, he sits down and goes, So, what are we having today? But, um... But they, they, that's what they need to do, is have something in the, in the background... Like a little Easter egg in the background. I get it. Well, I, 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 if, I, I, mean, can, I actually could stand by that, Gary. I, you, I agree with you. And um, it, I think and, Marvel's actually going out of their way too much to try to interconnect it all. And, and you need to get rid of cross actors and everything. And what I mean by that is, is uh, they want to have so-and-so play this DC comic character... But he's already played a Marvel guy already. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. Because all that does is confuse people. It does. Like well, having Jared Leto go from being Joker to hopping over being... Um, what's the Spider-Man villain he's going to be going doing? Oh, Mobius. Mobius, yeah. All right. I, the name escaped I, me. I, can, I guess, I, you know, when they're crossing, like, DC Marvel, I could kind of understand that. But when we... What I don't want to see, and I'm a fearful of, is you know, like if they latch on to an actor, they've already done it. Chris Evans did it, you know. Oh, well, you're you're you know you're a Human Torch over here. Oh, well, Fox gave up on that, so now you're Captain America over here. You know, it's like. But at least with Marvel, they can explain that. I kind mean, of, yeah, I get it. With I the mean, mul- it makes great with, memes. With the multiverse, you yeah, know, they can explain that. Yeah. It makes great memes when that comes out. So it's okay. I, well, I agree with you. <laughs> um, on. Wait, wrong movie. But, but what I'm getting at is, okay, you used a bad analogy between Jared Leto's Joker and uh, Mr. Mobius. Yeah. Mobius. Oh, okay. Because you didn't really see Jared Leto's ja- Joker. True. Right, not in true form. All right. True. You didn't get his backstory. You didn't get the Batman versus Joker that everybody wanted. And, uh, and, and, and again, why do you got to keep using the same villains? That's the problem with DC, is the same villains are always there the in same, every version. It's the same line of characters. You want to see a new character being brought in. I would, Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see... Uh, Martian Manhunter be brought into the Justice League. For, forget the heroes. I'm talking about the villains. 
True. How many Batman movies have you watched that had the Joker? Pretty much. Too many. I was going to say, one of every one, the only ones that didn't, there's two films from the original three. And for goodness sakes, why have we not seen Brainiac? At all yeah. in the DC universe against Superman. How yeah. how not, has that never say, happened? You could you could. How be, have we never seen Lex Luthor in his freaking costume in the DC here's universe? Here's how you could have built it: is every so often at the end of the scene, you see this skull ship fly by as Superman's being launched from his. I'm planet, just saying, like and you have the skull ship appearing. No, in. No. When you look at the DC universe, there's so many options of even just right. bad guys, like you said. You could have right. Dark Side be appearing up. You Why? could have. Why, why, why do you have to bring out their big baddies to fight the Justice League first? Right. Okay, why Darkseid? Why Apocalypse? Okay, you want to have Apocalypse and Darkseid and all that? Have them fight Superman first. Right. If you're following the New 52 or order, the comic book where they all line up and join together... Or just that. start yeah. small and build. You know what I mean? Like... Give him Bizarro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> give him that, Bizarro. That, that would be an interesting Bizarro movie. would be a weird enough, but Superman but but a cool Bizarro. enough one. Right. I mean, that would... That um, I, I was kind of excited about Wonder Woman 84, but um, the more I read about it, the less I want... I'm, I'm, I can care less about watching it. I'm Do we know than, who the bad guy is in that yet? They have... Are they, oh, it's, you got Cheetah. Cheetah, that's it? Is that the bad guy, though? That's the bad person? That's... One That's of the bad, bad people, gal. yeah. They haven't really said who the actual bad I'm bad more is. confused how... Kind of weak Trevor's if it's just Cheetah, you know what I mean? It's well, kinda... Cheetah and, and Wonder Woman always fought almost to the death on, both, on all, all occasions. Yeah, I guess it's true, but right. still. But, uh, but why, you know, and, and, and the, from what I saw of Cheetah, it's just a woman painted up. Right. It's not... An actual cat woman. Which to me did. does Gal Gadot so much disservice. She worked so hard yeah. to be Wonder Woman. I think she's a great Wonder Woman, and I kind of feel like they did her disservice. It's kind of like, you know, I like Jason Momoa as the Aquaman. Oh, yeah. I, I really do. I mean, as far as him being the character, he's badass. I love it. I was going to say. I he... hated the Aquaman movie. And and it's sad. I like him as the character. I like the character. <laughs> It's just they did such a bad job in the movie, it I, makes me not want to see him again. That, that, uh, I can actually say that's the one DC movie I can watch again. Yeah, I know, I know you like it better than <laughs> I do, but... I don't I, mind it. I do not mind it. I, I, I don't know why I like it, though. I, I, that's my problem. It's, 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 right? Yeah, I get um, what you're saying. Uh, what Wonder Woman is... Uh, it's the same as when I saw it the first time in the theater. Yeah, you really, walk away perplexed. It was good right up until the end. Like, right, well, yeah. This... You got, like, that reverse change that nobody expected, and then it's not even really explained all that well. It, it's, yeah. well, it, it's like, you, okay, Ares is going to be the bad guy. And then when you see Ares, it's gone. I was right. <laughs> yeah, it's not really Ares. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that we really got that was Ares is at the end where he had the helmet. That's the look I was thinking of Ares. But he wasn't big enough, though. I know he wasn't... Okay. All right. That could be an issue. <laughs> so, we obviously need to debate this all for another time, but I just wanted to say that the Zack Snyder's cut is coming out. It'll be interesting to see what everybody's reaction is to it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you my reaction right now. Whoa. Yeah, I kind of um, figured that'd be your reaction. <laughs> Did Snyder direct the other two, like... Batman v Superman and Man of Steel films? 
Um, did he? I don't think he did. I did think he? he did. Did he? Okay. I have a sneaky suspicion. So there may, there may be a better interconnection between them all. Me. Which is, which is my only version. saving grace of thinking those films could work, but I still, I'm, I'm on A Gary's lot of people side. claim that supposedly Snyder's vision was better than Josh Whedon's vision, so. That'll be left to be said. Well, maybe, it may be if we get a chance, we'll, well watch it. Well, maybe without Gary, we'll, well see. It, 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 it's like Grant, uh, uh. Ron Howard and uh, those other Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those are our thoughts on the situation with the 501st. Our thoughts on the potential Zack Snyder cut of DC's uh, movie, uh, Justice League. So we'd love to hear from you. So head over to our website, which is www.thegalaxycast.podomatic.com. That's right, it has changed. Um, We'll talk about that later. Uh, so check us out there. Head on. Uh, you can email us galaxycast@gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and all sorts of places. So look for us there. And we're gonna take a break. And just after the break, we're gonna up review episode six of The Mandalorian. We'll be back in just a little bit. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Twenty secure phones to assist in staying anonymous? $5,000. Fighting legal cases across five countries? $1 million. Upkeep of servers in over 40 countries? $200,000. Donations lost due to banking blockade? $15 million. Added cost due to house arrest? $500,000. Watching the world change as a result of your work? Priceless. There are some people who don't like change. For everyone else, there's WikiLeaks. Hello, I am Fernando Martinez. I think by now you know I am an emotional kind of guy. People stop me in the street and say, Fernando, what the hell is wrong with me? Silk shirt, hairy chest, enough aftershave to drown a household pet, but I still cannot get a woman. I tell them you are an ignorant fool. Without a symbol of power and fertility around your neck, what kind of woman is going to respect you? That is why I have teamed up with Medallion Man, the shop for medallion needs. Medallion Man caters to all levels of masculinity. For the strong, silent type, a medallion the size of a hubcap will say everything that needs to be said. Even singing medallions for the Casanova, who knows, music is the food of love. Model trains, dollhouses, diapers, whatever your interest, we've got the medallion for you. Don't forget, every woman knows if you can't support a medallion, you can't support a family. Rancor monsters hungry again. Let's feed them. Don't do it. Luke Skywalker, Gamorrean Guard, new Rancor monster and Rancor Keeper action figures, each sold separately. You regret this. Willie gets his claws into a Jedi Knight. Whoa, son, Jaws, this is my only chance. He's wounded. We better get in there. You'll never get out alive, Gamorrean Guard. New Rancor monster. Action figures, each sold separately. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. 
It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. We are going to be covering today the seventh episode, sorry, the sixth episode of The Mandalorian titled The Prisoner. Basically, I love the plot they put on IMDb. Sometimes IMDb almost gets too to the point. They're like, the Mandalorian is part of a crew of mercenaries springing a convict from a prison ship. And we're done. Thank you very much. Have a good day. It's like, there's so much more going on there than that, but they don't want you to know that. It's like, go watch it. Okay. So, (laughs) he goes and he meets this crew of guys, which we don't know how he ends up finding out about this crew, do we? He just kind of lands. um, He knows them. He, he rather he, knows the old guy he meets well, in the he, beginning. We know he knows them, but I'm saying like there's we don't we aren't sure how he ends up no, like going there is my point. Like we we it's not like he gets some sort of message somewhere and says come meet me here or something. Uh, I think he went for a sanctuary. I was going to say either that, was that or he was looking for a job. Okay. Well, I just thought it was interesting that I, I kind of felt like we didn't, you know, nothing happened there. He just showed up and I was like, "Oh, oh, there he is." Praying. So he he meets up with this crew and it's it's quite the interesting crew. Uh, Ranzar Malik is the guy that he's meeting up with, but in the crew is Mayfield, who looks to be a gunner, and a uh, former mili- uh, stormtrooper sniper. Was it? Uh, I don't think so. That's yeah. not. Is he that what they said? Imperial sharpshooter, but he's not a stormtrooper. Sorry. Okay, Imperial shock trooper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have Gian, who is a Twi'lek. We have Berg, who's a... What, what's the race with the... The oh. Bronian. Thank you. Uh, and we have Zero, who's a robot, who who shows up in this one. And then th- we didn't know it to start off with, but Quinn is the guy that they end up uh, trying to free from the ship. So basically they're going to an Imperial... Uh, I'm, a, I'm assuming it's Imperial jail ship, right? I think the New Republic. New Republic. New Republic, okay. I guess my question is: Is if the New Republic is transporting prisoners from place to place, you know, we're, we're going to move some bad guys around. Why are you only using robots to transport these prisoners? Um, I think you'd have a better security detail than that. Come on, they, they hit Anakin Skywalker on it. <laughs> All right, Matt Lanter doesn't count because he's not actually Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> He is just the voice of Anakin Skywalker. And Gary's referring to the one and only human on the ship that is not a droid. But it's Anakin Skywalker, though. The voice of Anakin Skywalker, say, they yes. Have, they have several levels of security. There's multiple okay. different droids. Okay, so if I were to say that uh, James Earl Jones was on there, you'd say that he's just the voice of Darth Vader? Yes! <laughs> you think James Earl Jones fit in that costume? Yeah, he could have. 
<laughs> well, then I can cosplay as Vader. We're good. Why not? And so can you. <laughs> I have. <laughs> you have. In your younger days, though, I'd like to point that out. <laughs> so, so he meets up with this crew. I, you know what I, I was amazed at, though, is he wasn't more annoyed at Zero. I feel like he was holding it back because he needs the money. Yeah, but I mean, like, I would have been like, no, he's not joining my ship. I mean, not only does he, like, let him join his ship, but, it, I mean, basically, once they get on the the jail platform ship, he's letting Zero run the, the Razor's Crest. I, I would, if I were a guy that didn't he trust was, droids, I'd have a big issue with that. Don't you think? I mean, like, I wasn't buying that whole thing. I don't know. What was with the RoboCop uh, flash drive thing so he could drive... You remember where it came out of the center knuckle? He opened his. Well, I think it's. I think it's like uh, you know when R two D two puts his little. You know. No, but why is it there? Why is it the droids always have to have you know sex with their computers in Star Wars <laughs> in order to get them to work right? <laughs> yes, my daughter just walked by as I was saying that too. <laughs> that was awesome. Perfect timing. But I mean, think about it. Why aren't computers in Star Wars more advanced than that? Why do you need to have the little prang thingy that you put in the other injector port? But- I mean, we don't have any better computers say, at this point in time. The not the non droids, humans or alien races don't have to do it. It's only droids. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Well, the droids have to have sex with each other. I guess <laughs> this is the way we do it. I don't know. That, exactly. That, that, that's how, that's how they reproduce. Yes, this is how we create other droids. That, that's how BB-8 came out. <laughs> this explains K2SO in so many ways. Uh, um. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> the, um, that's how BB-8 came about, because R2-D2 and the Death Star had, had, had a kid. Well, somebody had to have a pair of balls. <laughs> okay, so that was some of my comedy for the night tonight. But... But I, I was I the one thing I was bothered by was like how did he not get more annoyed at zero even being on his ship? I, I would have been more bothered than that if, if I were Din Jaren and well I know that we well, don't know his name yet. Okay, I, I'm thinking he has more apprehensive tendencies tendencies against the other three that are there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, so, I, so so lesser the the three evils. By the way, evils. just just to cover something real quick, Xion. Which I thought was an interesting name for a character, because Xion's not a common name. And for those people who don't know out there, and yes, I'm in the know, and there's things I know I shouldn't know. Noval Talon, the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs, his wife costumes as a Mandalorian occasionally. Uh, and her first, very first Mandalorian was a Twi'lek Mandalorian named Xion. So, is that coincidental? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Coincidence? Mm. I mean, like, when we watched this episode the very first time, I even kind of, you know, jokingly uh, messaged his wife on Facebook and said, I didn't know you made The Mandalorian. She's like, ha-ha. <laughs> but I was kind of like, you did know. She, did her... And it's spelled exactly the same I way. I get that. But it is, she played the Mando. Was she, like, very infatuated with knives and doing all the weird kind of... Um, kind of bad... Not PG thirteen stuff with the knives and. If I could say character wise, if that lady was acting like Xion, kinda, yeah. Okay. She's a little out of her mind. I, I, I've never. Really I love met, her for it because she's. Say, a, I've never met this woman. She's she's a rather nice lady. It's it's funny we went we went to uh, the two thousand seven uh, Dragon Con. Yes, I'm going back that far. I haven't met his the Mandalore's wife. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Actually, you have. You met her in Syracuse. Yeah, you also met her in Celebration Five. Yeah. 
And six. Wow, I am absolutely terrible with memory. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry. I, I think my favorite moment when we met Gian the very first time we went to Dragon Con 2007 and, and Falco Clan just crashed in Naval's room. I, I felt sorry for Naval because, like, I knocked on the door. He opens it up. I'm like, are you Tom? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, hey. And I started to give him a hug. And just as I did, like, Charles and Jeff and Karen walked right past me, went in the room, and it was like they owned the room. Charles is laying next to Gian, and and Jeff's like on the floor next to her, rubbing her feet. And I just looked at Tom and I go, "I'm sorry, we're kind of a touchy feely clan. Like it's while we work, it's the way we roll." I mean, you're also the clan of the flaming Mando. Karen, Karen's over there looking at the alcohol, going, "Hey, you guys got Goldschlager, nice." You know, it's like, "Yes, this is Falco Clan, and this is what we do." It was like, "Hi, welcome to Falco Clan." You know, now here's like, the question: Where was Ian in all the madness? Uh, Ian wasn't at this particular oh. Dragon Con. This was the one with me, Charles, Jeff and Karen. Was this the one where you drank them all underneath the table? Well, I think I pretty much drank everybody under the table every Dragon Con I went to, but... But that um, one was the one where they tried to get you drunk and you drank Yeah, Charles the table. desperately tried to get me drunk and so did Jeff, and they're the ones that got lost in the middle of the night, and I was perfectly fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I also did not flirt with Carrie Byron, unlike Charles, <laughs> no, which, I by the way, Grant Amahara at the time thought was hysterical. Uh, he just laughed his rear end off yeah. at Charles the whole time. So, um, uh, yeah. So, I, I just wanted to bring that up about Gian. I thought that was interesting that that character showed up Bit here. A side note. So, and uh, Gary and I drank at Dragon Con too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we have. Yeah, apple pie moonshine. Yeah. And this is why. Do you I remember guess. apple pie moonshine, Gary? I, I just want to make sure you remember it. I remember. Okay. Do you remember anything after it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why I'm hesitant to go to this con with both of you, or just in general. Well, you're over 21 now. We're good. I'm 22. Yes. Yes. But I still it's am time for you to go to Dragon Con with no, Gary and I. I don't know if I wanted I, to. I got my ticket. <laughs> yeah, Shut up, license. man. For those of you that don't know, Gary has what's called it's called a legacy, a eternal, eternal ticket uh, to Dragon Con. If you don't know what an eternal ticket is, uh, yeah. If you want to shout out a couple, what about twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars now? I no, think it is. I think that. It ain't that high. I thought it was, but uh, you're gonna shell out some cash, and basically you have a forever Dragon Con ticket. Every year you Whether get the you're option. Going or not. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could go if you want, and uh, yeah, Gary knows people. Let's just put it that way. And I don't. I was gonna say I don't so, think then I try to stay away from drinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now you do. I was gonna say um, except for when I go with you. I was gonna say this is the this is the event where you guys went where you went in as Malakili. There was somebody dressed as. Dr. Manhattan, the other one was uh, Adam from the Bible, and you kind of felt overdressed, right? Or am I mixing that up? You're uh, mixing everything up. And I'm I think you're mixing time. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of reclaiming our time, let's move on with this episode <laughs> of, of The Mandalorian. So they get on the ship, they do this weird maneuver, and bring the Razor's Crest on the top part of the ship. They dock, they do the whole nine yards, they they do what they're supposed to do. Didn't they discover the asset in the cabin while they were leaving? Yes, I, yeah, thank you for, for bringing up the asset. The fact that they discovered the asset. I thought it was funny, I caught this time around that the gunner was like, oh, did you two create it? And he's looking at Gian and <laughs> the Mandalorian. You know, and I, I didn't I didn't catch that the first time around. You didn't? I uh, No, that. I didn't I didn't catch that. And and I just thought it was funny too that they, they were like, Oh, is he a pet? You know, like, oh he's so cute, is he a pet? Uh there was just you know, a lot of little funny moments with that. They definitely obviously did not know what the asset really was or the role the asset is really playing. No, not until Zero started uh, filtering with the 
files of the communication logs on the planet. Yeah, and then, yeah, I think at some point he, he kind of figured he it out. He found Rift targets talking about him landing. Right, That's right. That's what happened. So uh, they land on the ship, and they're, they're searching around the ship, following what Zero tells them to follow after he has computer sex with the Razor's Crest, uh, which my son late pointed out. And, uh, you know, I, I just like to point out, out you're the you one that pointed out that there's robot porno in this. I mean, that's, that's all, that you was all about you. about the sex. I was asking why there's the RoboCop flash drive. Well, you, that's why. That's you, what I asked. You said, hey, he pulled out the thing out of his middle knuckle and stuck it in the machine. So. Yep. You sure did. Yeah. I was yep. talking about the RoboCop thing. Yeah, Not that. sure you were. Okay, fine. We'll call it RoboCop porn for you. How's that? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely in summer vacation mode. Can you tell? Yes. So they they start searching the ship for the person they're looking for, and while they're doing that, they run into these robots. I thought it was funny, like the Mando just kind of like disappeared, disappears, <laughs> and are kind of like, "Where the hell did he go?" And the next thing you know, he shows up behind the robots, and he gives them a what for? Didn't he like knife one of them, stab them? Oh, he did all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, he used his vibro blade. He he. Uh, I know you didn't get a chance to watch it with us tonight again. I remember vaguely uh, what he, he used his uh, flamethrower to heat one till it melted, blasted the other one with that one's uh, laser in the eye. Um, used his last magic lasso. Used the lasso, yeah. He, used his viral he, he, was, he was like Wonder Woman this whole episode, using the lasso of truth on everybody. Did he eventually like, slide kick one of them, or was that my imagination? Uh, at like, the beginning, he, that's how okay. he started out. Yeah, so it's just like, what I thought was interesting about that whole fight scene, though, was they had a chance to shoot some of them, and the gunner was like, nope, don't, don't, you know, and I... I why do you guys think that was? Like, why did you think did he, he told w- them to back off? Did he want to see the efforts of a Mandalorian uh, martial arts and training? Like, see it in maybe, action? Maybe. To, what do you think, Gary? To see what he can do so they can uh, neutralize him later. Yeah, see, I was, thinking, I was thinking it was that, too, because, you know, they came in with this plan that they were going to jail him, so why not watch what he can do Which is a spoiler, to see what we can't, you know what I mean, what we could to see what they're up deal against. with. Right. So they they deal with that and they make their way until Zero gets them to which the bridge of the ship, and that's where Matt Lantner is. And yep, Anakin Skywalker. Wasn't there thought, a couple times where the, the the larger dude took out two of the pillar looking droids and smashed them? That happens later. after that. That point. happens after. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little ahead myself. You're a little ahead, but that's okay. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, that the Mandalorian brought up that there weren't supposed to be any biologicals, and yet here's the Matt Lantner character that wasn't supposed to be there. He was kind of upset about that, too, and I think um, he had a right to be upset about that. And he pulls out the alert signal trigger. Yep, alert signal gets pulled out. Yep, the medical alert. Uh, yeah, the medical alert bracelet, or whatever you want to call it. Life <laughs> alert! Oh, the Rebel Empire is falling, and it can't get up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was a nice little kind of like, oh, oh, you know, like kind of a cool twist to the moment. I was going to say, um, he's the only one on board that can activate it, apparently, because I think it's it's a press trigger, so he has to hold it as soon as he let go as it activates. I, well, no, I think it was the other way around. But I, I do think it was interesting that it kind of turned the whole crew upon itself. Because now the Mandalorian's shooting, you know, aiming his gun at the gunner. The gunner's aiming his gun at the the rebel guy. The, guy the other two guys got guns on each other and the girl's just in the corner going, this is crazy. You know, like, this and is she nuts. she throws a blade, I Right, think? she ends up throwing a blade, killing the Matt Lantner character, and that's and what leads to the button being and... released and everything else. Uh, but it was, I just found that interesting because, like, any good crew, 
that's the bad guy crew. They can't really keep their crud together. They're really against each other, even though they're for each other. They're really out for number one, which is themselves. So you can really say there's no honor in thieves. So, uh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> yes, that is absolutely true. Especially ones breaking guys out of jail. So, so they finally they figure out where the prisoner is at, and that's when they decide to start getting towards that prisoner. I think this is when we see the big dude go after the two robots. Clancy right? just like lifts one up and tosses it down. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're and big, then they're big garbage cans. Yep, big garbage cans, and then he takes the other one and throws it at the other big one that's moving at him. And they uh, both what blow I thought up was into a right. big, huge explosion. Well, that, that, that was like a Michael Bay explosion, <laughs> you know, like behind him. And, yeah, uh, so I would think that was just supposed to be a cool set special effects moment. And they finally find the jail, and that's when we discover it's Quinn who's in the jail, who apparently is Gian's brother. Uh, no, she does not have a brother, as far as I'm aware of in real life. That's named <laughs> Quinn. Just before anybody asks that, and then they do the craziest thing in the whole episode, which I got to admit, the first time we watched this, I was like, "What? Get out of town!" They trap the Mandalorian in the jail, and they walk away. So that that was their and plan. Then they cackle at him for like right. leaving him the last time. Right. They they kind of like because he he left them behind apparently one time before. Uh, just Quinn. Or yeah, they just left Quinn. You're right. So that was kind of like payback for leaving Quinn behind. Um, which I still sit here and I say, if they they really observed the Mandalorian well, that was a really stupid idea. I mean, at least if you were going to put him in the jail, take, take his, his gun <laughs> and the gauntlets. Yeah, I would have taken everything: the helmet, the gauntlets, the gun. Uh, you the know, give, give me your best guard. Yeah, give me your best guard. I would have wanted all of it. Uh, the helmet, especially, because who knows but, but all they what did, kind of heads-up displays he's got in there. But all they did is the curtain just uh, uh, punched him into the cell, and yeah, and then they just ran away. Then yeah. they ran away, which you know I thought that was kind isn't of. Isn't the one girl like laughing too as they? Gian was, yeah. Okay. Like she, haha, we got you back, kind of thing, you know. This is what happens when you abandon us. Clodor. And and so they start heading towards their ship, and and that's when. Mando does his thing and gets out of jail. I thought his way of getting out of the jail was, was brilliant. Awesome. He like, what did he? He uh, shot out a lasso, yeah. lassoed he... the robot, yanked it towards the door. Knew it was going to shoot, so he kind of sidestepped that, reached up, grabbed the gun, pulled it in, pulled the arm right off. Yeah, pulled the arm right off, and then pulled used the lasso to pull the arm, the head off of the droid. Okay, yeah, now and I that's what because he did this and the head came yeah, off. Yeah, the head came off, um, and then he had the gun. But more importantly, he had the arm to have the robot sex with the door. So <laughs> more, more robot porn here. This is what our episode's gonna be titled: Robot. Porn. But you're right. I'm, I'm gonna title it Robot Porn. But, but wouldn't that be more like a, a dildo? In this one though. <laughs> yes, but I was trying to avoid that word. But okay, we'll go with it. Hey, okay. me. You know I have no filter. <laughs> yes, filter gone. Uh, I might have to mark this one as teen. <laughs> no, <why laughs> At least, maybe adult. I was going to say, it might need to be put in the... the <laughs> it might not even be PG-13. Explicit um, category. Well, hey, if they can get away with they got away with an American Pie, I think we're... Oh, wait, that's rated R. So that won't work. <laughs> uh, um, so I'll never look at a trumpet the same ever again. So, long story short, he gets out... <sighs> And you know it's going to be bad. Like, as soon as he got out of, the, out of that jail, I was like, they're not, this isn't good for them. But this so is he like, goes back to the control room, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. This is going to be a bait and switch. He's going to figure out how to get them. And that's exactly what happened. He he closed off parts of the ship. He started trapping them, moving them in exactly the directions he wanted them to go. I feel like this was Mandalorian strategy on top of using his martial arts and his... Oh, absolutely. He was using every tool in his arsenal. Yep. Absolutely. 
So the big guy shows up in the in the room to come after him, and I, that one I thought was interesting. I really thought he was going to die in that one, because he first off he tried to to lasso the guy around the neck. He just yanks him out of the ceiling, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. Then he tries to then he tries to use the two blasters on him, and as he pulls his arms around, the guy just goes Ugh, and knocks them both away. Then he tries to use the flamethrower. And apparently that has zero effect on this guy. Because he's the devil. Well, I was going to say, he looks like he's the devil. And I'm kind of like, dude, he's got to be from, like, you know, a Mustafar-type system. You're probably just playing right into it, you know? Like, he's probably ha! Like, he's probably like, ah. Um, home sweet home. Right? <laughs> and, and I was kind of like, well, that was stupid. And then the one that, that kind of surprised me that didn't work at all is he tried to use one of the... Uh, the rockets. What are those called? The uh, whistling birds. The whistling birds, and that had absolutely no impact on this guy <laughs> like whatsoever. Like his chest and fall down. No, it, like it went all over the place, but didn't hit him at all. Of course. <laughs> meanwhile, in, in the in the meantime, poor Mando's getting thrown across the room, across every single uh, monitor. I'm surprised screen. his Beskar stayed on. To be honest, that's I was waiting for something to come off. Gauntlet. Chest plate, you know, uh, shoulder bell. Even though it's brand new chest plate, I expected something to happen. I was kind of surprised they didn't show something getting completely mangled. But isn't that the point of Beskar? Is it's, it's, uh, yeah. But I mean, you, you don't think it can't like come off? I thought that's what the the under thing is. Is it magnetizes or it locks it? Sure, in. but you don't think it can't come off? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm surprised something We're didn't come in off. Science fiction land. There's we no are. Physics. We are. I know. Well, the, the, the question I got is. Uh, how many takes did it take to, to do all that? Because the armor did come off. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. Or I wondered how many times he threw him around and the helmet accidentally came off. He's like, Because, I mean, you you and I, I mean, even with our helmets the way they are, if you threw me hard enough, my helmet's coming off. Well, Seriously, it would come off. I've got a lot of padding in there, but I, if you... I know, but I'm sitting here saying, if you can subtly put, like, a bike strap down a the A chin, chin strap? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And have it covered up by the... Yeah, Maybe. I mean, you're right. Because it will help it keep on a little bit. Come on, I, I couldn't wear this chin strap because I had to wear it like the state troopers in Pennsylvania. Yeah, right? <laughs> Up on the front, like here. <laughs> it had to be on your nose, you know, like the ones in New York uh, uh, State, you no. know? Well, I need my, yeah. my fat lip. Like a... <laughs> well, that's in PA, they wear it down here. In New York State, it's like here at the nose. You're like, hi, I'm from New York it's State. Up on the eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so you have to have a big nose and I gotta have a big fat lip. Yes, <laughs> yes. Everybody in, yeah. I'm not going to go there because it would be so racist if I said it. So, <laughs> God, this episode's going downhill real fast. So, well, it's really uh, it's awesome. Swap. How did how did he oh, finally how did he finally beat the big guy? I, I forgot. <laughs> he he just got the door on. Oh, him. that's right. He closed the door on him, and then the guy's just lifting the door up. And I was kind of like, you almost thought for a moment it was going to be like the first episode, right? Where he, like you were kind of like. Yeah, and then, he, and then they they pan down. There was some great, there was some awesome actually videography done in this episode. I don't know who directed this one. They did a great um, job with the videography. It's the same guy. It's Rick, Rick with a T last name. Rick with a T last Rick name. With a T last go, name. Go to your Google. It's up there. Your There's my Google. Scroll up. Yeah, go Scroll to your goggle. Keep going. There you go. Oh, it's Rick. With a, <laughs> Rick, Rick with a T, huh? Rick. Shut up. <laughs> Famoyua. <laughs> Hang on, I think this is right. Famoyua. Rick Famoyua. Uh, oh, but that's I'm, the director, so I'm, I guess he's the guy who probably would have come up with say, that. He also helped with the writers. Yeah. So there was some great videography going on in this entire show. I mean, this, this entire show is probably some of the best 
videography I think we've seen throughout the entire series just because of the cool stuff that was going on. So they pan down and they show him holding the door up. And that's when the Mando goes, doot, 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 doot. And then you see the, the other doors. set of doors go closed. Um, and then you didn't... Oh, the only gosh. thing that would have made this scene better... I didn't want to have to see it. I didn't necessarily have to see it. I just wanted to hear the head hit the floor. Like a... You know, something like... You didn't hear it. And right. I, that's all I wanted to hear. But, but he's not dead. And he's not dead. He lost his horns. That's what incapacitated him. He's not dead? No. no. And he's in the in the last scene. He's laying on the bed in the, in the cell... Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's touching his horns, and they're oh. severed off because of the door. Dude, I didn't even think about that. I thought he was dead. The Mando I'm... got them all into the cell without right, killing I get it, I one get it, of them. I get it, I get it, I get it. Now I get Except it. Except for Quinn, but he liked Quinn too. So, so yeah, and then he, he goes after the girl next, I believe, right? Yeah. And she, I mean, she's shooting blades. all sorts of blades at him. None of it's working. He just... He just, yeah, boink, you know, knocks them all off. Uh, and then he goes after the, the gun guy, and I, I thought that was kind of a cool scene, too. Yeah, that was a nice horror, horror aspect. Of that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The videography in that scene was really good, too, where, you know, the the lights are flashing, and he's, he's behind him, and then he's next to him, and then he's in front of him, and then, you know, so it was oh, just yeah, kind of like... it was... It, was, uh, it, it, it gave yeah. it, You know what it reminded me of was the, the Aliens movie, Aliens, the second one, when they're walking down the hall and you see the walls crawling, but you can't really tell. Like you think yes. they're moving, but you're not quite sure because the lights are blinking. But in the meantime, they're holding the little tracker that's going because they're getting you know you know they're getting faster. You're like yeah, and you're and you're you're feeling like Hicks like get out of there, man. You know like but you know so it kind of had that feeling to it. Meanwhile, all that's going on. You got the asset and zero. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Asset, asset and zero. Asset zero are, uh, and are, are all of a sudden, all their communication goes out. Zero can't get any sort of you know bead on where they are, much less see the computer say, screen. Then he grabs an E eleven that he carried on the ship. Um, and all I can say is that the asset had to be. I mean, don't you think Gary? He was running some sort of interference there. Using the force, I think he had to be. Well, I don't know if he's using the force or if he just decided to press random buttons. I I, I think he uh, flipped the switch because the Mando said something to him later on too. Oh really? Okay. So. so, so you know he, there definitely was a role there to be played by the asset, and I thought I thought that was kind of cool too that he he did his thing that yeah. happened. And what you pointed out was uh, Zero had Bobo's gun, too. Yeah, right. the E-11. Right, the E-11 was brought on. And Zero tried to search for the asset. He ended up being in the same spot as he started in, right? Like that first well, doorway that opened. Well, yeah. Uh, in all actuality, when he looked at the asset first, he sees him, he goes against the gun, he turns around, and it's not there. So you, you get that, like... Oh, yeah, that, like... He you get that old, old, old crap look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Even for a droid. Yeah. yeah. So. And I, my favorite moment was when the assets got his hand up like he's about to like make him fall apart into 20 pieces and all of a sudden you see you hear the pew and then you see the thing get hit and, and you see the asset look, look at his hand, hand like, like I did I just do that? And then the body falls over the mando. And then you see the mando in the background. Again, great cinematography there. It was a great moment. And perfectly it, timed comedy. Perfectly timed comedy as well as very serious because the asset could have died right there. He's trying to use the force and he didn't need to because the mando saved his rear end. I mean, there was just so much cool stuff going on there. That was awesome. And then 
he so, he leaves. Then we find out they're in the cell by the end of the episode. But doesn't he negotiate with Quinn? He does. Just about to say that he does catch up with Quinn, and he, he negotiates right with Quinn because Quinn realizes, hey, you need me to, to get, get your bounty yep. to get paid. So that was his one chip that Quinn had left and, and, and to that, negotiate with. Now that, but it's your honor too. So, right, yeah, yeah. Like to maintain your honor and to maintain his bounty. What's the when he says maintain the honor? Is that a Mandalorian thing or a bounty hunter thing? That's his thing. That's his Mandal- thing. Mandalorian it's it's thing, just yeah. his specific thing. Okay. I also wonder though if it's a if it rents if the reference back to the bounty hunter guild too, Gary. Could, I, I think I think there's like that code right that when you take a bounty, you get the bounty, right? Like. You never give up. You go. You do. Um, so I think there was a reference to that too, a little bit, and and so there's there's a lot there going on that that Quinn was playing into as well, like kind of using that to his advantage, mm-hmm. and I thought that was huge. They get back on the ship and and he flies back. They to take off the first guy. Right. So they go back to where they started, which is the guy that hired him. Uh, he drops off Quinn. Says you know, hey, just like old times, right? Yep. Just like old times. Pays him just like old times, right? Gets up on the ship. Meanwhile, he drops Quinn off. He gets in his ship. And as he's driving away, the other guy, the guy that hired him. So um, go get him. Yeah. Tells him to go kill him. Malik. That's what I'm trying to go. And then he pulls up a ship out of the... Well, that's a gunship. So there's a gunship coming, you know, from below, getting ready to take off to go after the Razor's Crest. And that's when Quinn realizes he has something in his pocket. Well, and he goes, oh, what's this? You know, well, like... Well, just before that, though, as soon as... Uh, the Razor Crest clears the docking bay. You see three ships come out, yeah. of, hi- hyperspace. Come out of hyperspace. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep, three most important ships thought- ever in Mandalorian history because they contained all three producers of the Mandalorian. True. Dave Filoni and the director of the episode. Taika Waititi, and I forget who the other woman is. That's awful. I'm going to get credit for it. I'm reclaiming my time. So Dave Filoni. Oh, Rick Famuyiwa was one. Deborah Chow, who that's, that's say, who I was it's thinking the of. The director, the and the uh, was Dave, director, and one of the other writers. So remember yes, that much. Yes, Rick Famuia, Yua, Yua. I'm, I'm, I know I'm killing that. Somebody's going to take me around for that one. Jim uh, Dudger, you're getting regular so, hate mail too. <laughs> I, yes, I'll get my regular hate mail on top of my normal hate mail. So, so they they come flying in, and of course Quinn finds the the the, the red uh, alert. Red signal. alert! Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the GPS where find my phone. <laughs> yeah, what 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 do we call it earlier? The uh, I'm sorry, mom, I can't get up because I'm yeah, part of the Rebel Alliance thing. So the paramedics and the police show up. <laughs> yeah, do you notice how quick they took that station down too? Like, all I'm gonna say is, if you are a bad guy and you're running a station, you'd think you'd have better defenses than that. The three X wings can come in and just. Totally <laughs> bust open you your dead. whole station. I, also I mean, seriously. Why not more X-wings? If they're chasing a runaway prisoner, wouldn't you send a a rebel cruiser with at least like twelve X-wings? Well, apparently, all you need is three X-wings to tag out a whole <laughs> space station worth. Hey, hey, that's all you need is three. That's <laughs> scary to remember. I was just about to ask you, why don't you ask Filoni over there? He's <laughs> you in the episode. That's all you need is three, three. <laughs> So that was uh, pretty much the end of the episode. The Mandalorian takes off. Of course, he takes off the little ball thing and hands, hands it back to the, to the asset. Right. And, and that's when he says that, uh, I told you it was going to be tricky. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you think no, that... No, I think he said, I told you that's why we shouldn't have done this or something like that. I, to- I, like, I, I told you it was going to be risky. That's what Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, I told risky. you it was going to be risky. Yeah. He said, he said it was something that was... 
A bad idea. So that's where I think Gary's thinking maybe the the asset knew something about how to turn something off on the computer and and, and like maybe it was part maybe? of that. Yeah, that's what he. That's okay. what we're thinking. All right, I can buy that. So uh, overall, what did you guys think of this episode? Was it a good episode? Was it a bad episode? You know, zeros that don't bother. Tens that must see. Um, what did you guys think of this episode? Do you want me to go to first? I don't care. Who yeah, wants you, to go first? You go, you go, go first. first. Okay. Um, I actually was. This one's not like overly great. Um, the first time I watched it, I thought it was really awesome, and the more I watched it, the, the it actually kind of it, it, compared to some of the other episodes, it, it's a filler. I mean, it definitely is a filler episode, but it's not the worst filler episode we've had, especially not you know going after an egg <laughs> for a bunch of Jawas. Yuga, um, um, so I give this one like an eight. You know, it's it's a fairly okay middle of the road filler episode. I like the fact that they left it open. I told Gary there's a lot of storylines that were left open. I forgot they left this one open, that they could have that crew escape at some point in time and show up again in season two or three or wherever they want to put them <laughs> down the line. That could be interesting. So I, I thought I thought for that aspect alone that made it interesting. Um, I just think there were a lot of kind of gotcha moments that were kind of dumb. You know, like just little ones. Like, why did they have to run that stupid maneuver that only the Razor's Crest could do and no other ship in the galaxy could do? Uh, I'm not buying that one. I, I thought that was kind of weak. I don't think they said that the Razor's Crest was the only one that could do yeah. it. It had the best cloaking tech or no, something like that. No, no, no. It was the oldest ship. That didn't have that, any... That didn't have anything that the New Republic could find or the, right. the Empire could find. I just thought it was dumb, though, that that whole, like, it had to pull a certain maneuver in order to get into the ship. That... I thought that was a little overplayed. Uh, I actually kind of liked the characters mostly. Xi'an, I felt, was a little annoying, only because I kind of felt like they were trying too hard to make her like a Star Wars Harley Quinn. And, and I kind of... That wasn't necessarily needed. She just could have been a crazy Twi'lek, and I would have been okay with it. I kind of felt like they put her a little too far over the top. But a lot of the other stuff I liked. I liked showing Mando's skills. We saw a lot of that in this episode. Um, I liked his fighting. I liked most of the robot fights that happened. I do like some of the banter back and forth, and I I kind of liked the bad guys, the piratey kind of guys. It was kind of good to see them brought out in this episode. So that's why I give this one an eight. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with you with an eight. I I really appreciate this episode. I like seeing the Mando using every arsenal and or every weapon in his arsenal to take down these guys and put them in the jail cell kind of left it open being able to say hey they might be able to join up with maybe Boba Fett and go after this guy I don't know if that's possible but takeaways were I didn't like as you mentioned Space Harley Quinn I also feel like one of the things they missed on for both of the Twi'leks was in the Clone Wars they established they have a French accent they didn't really cover that here they kind of sounded more normal Okay. That that was something like Okay, not terrible, but kind of interesting. I really like the little asset versus zero thing. Maybe, maybe these uh, toilets are from Canada. <laughs> I was just about to say, did the Twilights have a French accent? Yes, they did, because Cham Sandula and uh, Hera during Rebels, they talked with different accents. Right, so so, so they're from French Quebec. <laughs> yeah, they're from the southern part of, uh, of uh, Ryloth instead of the northern part of Ryloth. But okay, I get it. Anyways, I did like all overall this episode was really great. Kind of like the ending where we just say, yep, these two guys are completely dead because the fortress is gone. So. Okay. All right, Gary, what would you give this one? Well, as normal, I'm the lowest guy in the group. Usual. I give, I give it a six. 
Okay. The best parts of it was the showing Mando what he, he uh, Mandalorian can do. Yep. A one-man army is all they are. I did not like the makeup of the Twi'leks. I kind of agree with you on that a little. It, it just looked. Bland. It looked like it looked like cheap costume makeup. I hate to say that, but yeah. it, it was really bad, poorly done. The purple um, didn't even look purple. It looked white. Well, and here's the big one I think that might maybe you were catching is the the, the purple didn't match the the Lekus. So the face paint she had on didn't match the no, Lekus that, that she was wearing. Which we've always seen them matching, so this is the first time I can say that I think it didn't match. I mean, we've seen them matching with like different street colors. And, and are these Twi'leks uh, sit there and file their teeth in the Fangs? Oh, in the fangs, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know Bib Fortuna had fangs, but... You know, I think that was just their way to try to make her look more badass, but I don't think it came across well. Well, even the other clown, had, the Quinder, he had the fangs, too. So. Yeah. Is Bib yeah. Fortuna a Twilight? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. You never put that together. I think no, we just had he, an epiphany he, moment for him. He had his thing around the neck. I didn't think it was... Two. Yeah, but it, his lekus were so long, he wrapped them around his body. Okay, okay. So, yes, he was a Twilight. I didn't know. Um, I, I think we just blew my son's mind. I, I thought he was a did. different race. That's what we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fight scenes with the robots were good. I liked the, the life alert <laughs> deal. I, I did like that, even though it's how cheesy it is and stuff. But mm-hmm. I did like that. But the, the rest of it is just bleh. Do you I, like Do you I, like the way they left the episode at the end? Like the fact that we've we've got this crew now out there that could mm-hmm. show up again. I mean, or, or does that not yeah. matter? My concern on that is, is uh, like a lot of like Clone Wars, Rebels, mm-hmm. they introduce these characters and they never come back. I'll give you that except for one thing. Don't you think Filoni, in his wrap-up of, of Clone Wars, did wrap it up pretty well? I mean, as far as like the characters and all that. I mean, yeah, there is some things that were left out there, but I mean, generally he wrapped it up, right? I don't think he did. I just think he wrapped it up for the clones. Right. I, yeah, I get what he you're saying. He didn't wrap it up for all the clones. We still have the Bad Batch out there. Though we might be getting a show about it. I was going to say, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't, which we'll talk about next time. There's been a confirmation we'll talk about next time. Okay. But th- that led to another show. And if you wrapped up Ahsoka, we wouldn't be having her for season two of The Mandalorian. I'm just pointing that out. Same thing with Bo-Katan. Because she's supposed to show up in season two. Oh, really? Yes. And we'll wow. we'll talk next time. There's another character that's showing up. We have now confirmed being played by somebody that we didn't expect, oh. which is going to shock oh, okay. some people. And he's playing another character. So it's like, yeah, there's there's these confirmations of things that. So you know I, what I see about Filoni, and this is what I'm trying to get at, Gary, is like you talk about like he doesn't wrap things up. I think the things he doesn't wrap up are things he plans on playing with later. <laughs> that sounds wrong, but. I mean, like, Ahsoka, he, I don't think he wrapped up Ahsoka so he could have her to be able to play in The Mandalorian with her. So Right, I, I understand that, but... Um, I know what you're saying, though. I, I get what it... Yeah. What about Wolf? What happened you're to right. Him? I was going to say, you have uh, Wolf, you have... Gre- Gregor. Gre- what happened to them two? Uh, what about Gregor, the A-Wing Gregor, pilot on the planet with the spiders, yes, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gregor died in the end of Rebels. He got shot, remember? No. The season finale, they were trying to get the shield runner up, he died. He got shot at. He'll have to go watch that again on Disney Plus. I think he just got it. What, what, was there a body? Yes. Actually, there was a body. Yeah. Rex held his hand till he passed out. So. It is one of the few times they actually <laughs> but, showed us somebody died. But at the same time, though, 
might have been one of the times that I fell asleep during that part. <laughs> this is true. So. This is true. Okay, so those are our thoughts on The Mandalorian. We'd love to hear from you, so uh, head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think. Either that or email us, galaxycast.gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, and Spotify. I'm working on Instagram. And we are all over the place, even on Spotify. So, love to know what you have to say. We really would love some fan mail sometime soon, because, I mean, we're, after all, we're stuck inside with COVID. I got nothing better to do. Send me email, dang it. Claim our time. What's that? We're going to reclaim our time, too. Yes, we'll reclaim our time during that time as well. So, with all that said, as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, May the Force be with those who listen to Master Jedi after, after I reclaim my time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You fail for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.